Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020, and you're listening to an episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brad Eslake, and uh, you know, we're normally here to talk about car news, car culture, and car whatever, but today's going to be a short episode to really touch on some news that, uh, well, it happened after I posted yesterday's little uh, episode. So uh, to kind of kick things off, we'll start with the first big thing that broke yesterday after I had recorded, and that is that uh, Michigan and Tesla are appear to be in some kind of settlement phase with the lawsuit about uh, sales and service of uh, Tesla vehicles uh, here in Michigan. Uh, if you weren't aware, uh, in Michigan, it is illegal for Tesla to sell directly to consumers. It is also illegal for them to fix their cars in the state of Michigan. This is all because of a law that was signed by uh, the previous governor, Rick Snyder, back in 2014. Uh, he and the Republican legislature uh, were pushed pretty hard by the big three automakers and the dealership association here uh, to keep Tesla out. Uh, it is a fantastical mess of, uh, well, anti-consumer and really anti-capitalist uh, sentiment that has kept Tesla out of this market. They, of course, sued them into the Stone Age. Uh, it has been a long, protracted legal battle, and it looks like there is at least a tiny little sliver of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, this settlement will likely be giving Tesla the ability to at least service cars in the state of Michigan. Uh, they still will not be able to sell cars directly to consumers. Uh, so take it as you will. Um, I guess I would consider a win at this point because, well, you know, it's not the greatest situation to be able or, or to not be able to buy a car here. You know, you have to go to Illinois or you have to go to Ohio to get your Tesla. Basically, you got to register the car there and then transfer the title into Michigan. It's incredibly stupid. Um, <clears throat> but what you then have to do, like, let's say your car breaks you live here in Grand Rapids, your car breaks, they got to take it to Illinois to get it serviced. Uh, and it could take a couple of days, a couple of weeks to get things figured out. Over on the east side of the state, they take them to Toledo, right across the border. Uh, a little bit better, I guess, but still not great. Uh, but building these service centers in state, you know, we can probably expect Tesla to build one in the greater Detroit area. I wouldn't be surprised to see one in Ann Arbor. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see one here in Grand Rapids or possibly down in Kalamazoo. Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit until these service centers get put together. Uh, but all in all, I'd say that's a pretty exciting thing. Uh, really, I'm excited to see what happens out of this. Uh, but still, you know, to get consumer sales figured out, I think it's going to take Gretchen Whitmer, uh, our current governor, it's going to take a turnover in Congress, uh, and it's going to take, you know, the other big automakers and the dealership association to kind of give up. Uh, really the main reason why they're pushing back on it is, well, because they're scared. It's a domino effect. If Tesla's able to come in and sell and continue to take market share away from the big three automakers, that's bad. Uh, but at the same time, for the dealers, if their sales model, where they sell directly to a customer, they cut out the middleman, uh, works, then what's to stop, you know, Honda, GM, uh, Hyundai, any of these other brands from doing the same kind of thing, and uh, really the whole system falls apart. So... <clears throat> hasn't exactly been the case in California, Texas, Florida, wherever else it can be done. So, you know, it's all a bunch of money-hungry, crazy people uh, 
really worried that things are going to change, and it's, it's proven otherwise thus far. Now, speaking of change, uh, General Motors has a bit of news as well. Uh, there's been a lot of talk for a long time about autonomous vehicles. We are in a state where uh, autonomous vehicles are, I guess, perceived to be an expectation. Uh, but the reality has largely been that while autonomous vehicles are not quite ready for the big show, uh, there have been a lot of issues with Tesla promising an, uh, an autonomous level of performance that's just not here yet. Uh, Uber and Google have both had their systems uh, of autonomy really pushed to the limit. Uh, unfortunately, somebody did uh, get killed by a self-driving Uber. Uh, Waymo has been involved in some accidents, which also has not been great. Uh, it's been a testy bit of thing. GM has been pushing to become the first car company to sell a completely driverless vehicle. Uh, they have been testing uh, Chevy Bolts that have lacked both a steering wheel and pedals for, I guess, the better part of a couple of years now. Uh, they've been testing them out in California, and I think they've been testing them here in Michigan as well. And uh, apparently results have been good. Uh, GM pulled the wraps off their cruise program last night. Uh, basically, cruise is meant to be a self-driving taxi slash shuttle slash bus service uh, that they would be able to sell to uh, cities, counties, municipalities, whatever, uh, to use as a transport system uh, starting right now. Uh, GM is saying that you could place an order today and receive your, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to call it a car, your mobility option uh, before the end of the year. Uh, these are electrified vehicles that uh, would charge up Sounds like they've got a few hundred miles of range uh, and have a service life of up to about a million miles. Uh, they comfortably seat about four people. Um, there are seats at the front of the vehicle that would face rearward. There are seats in the back of the vehicle that would face forward. Uh, glass all around the passengers. And then there are some small screens up at the top of the car that uh, you would basically look at to see basic information. I'm guessing it would probably be stuff like, hey, buckle your seatbelt, or hey, here's your stop in, you know, 200 yards, or whatever. Again, it's not entirely clear what GM is going to do with this because, uh, well, I think they're really depending on these cities, municipalities, these counties, wherever they're going to be using these cars to kind of figure out what the best use case scenario is. GM is basically trying to say, hey, we can use these to replace trains, we can replace buses, we can replace taxis, we can replace, you know, pedicaps. I mean, there's so many different options to kind of consider here. And all in all, I think it's interesting. I think it's even more interesting that it's going to be without a driver and that it's going to be legal for these things to operate in some parts of the country. Uh, I, again, I, I don't know what the best and worst case scenario is for these things but you know GM certainly has a track record with autonomous vehicles they've been working on it since the late 80s or early 90s uh, so I imagine there's a lot of technology baked into this car that you know we haven't really seen the ins and outs of quite yet uh, I'm thinking of you know even one of their consumer facing goods that they have right now the Super Cruise and the Cadillacs uh, that works really really well 
But the drawback with Super Cruise is that it has to be on a pre-scanned uh, highway or road to be able to operate. Um, and that's kind of mm, not exactly optimal either. Uh, so we'll kind of see as more details come out about the cruise program. Uh, these early stories are, I don't know, it seemed like a CES unveiling where they just go, hey, here's the thing. Uh, you can do this stuff with it. Order it now. Bye. And that's not really good either. Now, thinking of cruise, we do have some practical information about something that's very similar. Uh, here in Michigan, there has been uh, pilot tests from a company called May Mobility. Uh, this company basically builds uh, electric transport vehicles, similar to the cruise, uh, that, um, you know, move people, transport people uh, in and out through different areas of Detroit, Ann Arbor, and here in Grand Rapids. Uh, in Detroit, I believe these were first used with uh, Intuit, uh, the QuickBooks, the uh, tax people. Um, they have a pretty big uh, system in downtown Detroit, so you would park your car at the uh, big parking lot for them. Um, I think these were, was that Rocket Mortgage? I can't remember. Anyway, it's the big company. It's all tied together. Uh, you basically park your car in the employee parking lot, which is like a mile or two away from the big corporate office. These little vehicles would pick you up at certain times and they would drive you around to the other building. Um, now, the big thing is that while these cars are autonomous, they still have a driver in the car who can control the steering wheel and pedals in case of an emergency. Uh, Ann Arbor, it's much the same. They are on the uh, University of Michigan campus. You see them driving around on State Street and all that stuff every once in a while. Uh, not quite as common as what we have here in Grand Rapids. Now, here in Grand Rapids, uh, there is a pool of eight main mobility vehicles. Uh, four are always charging, four are driving, uh, and they operate, uh, used to be, what was it? I think it was Monday through, or sorry, Tuesday through Saturday. Now it's Monday through Friday, and they go from like 7 a.m., I think, until like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Not super late, but later. And uh, they provide rides for free on a route that basically covers the high traffic areas of the city. If you've never been to Grand Rapids, um, we have the east side of the river and the west side of the river. Uh, there is the south side of town and kind of the northeast side of town, um, but kind of scattered throughout the central, east, and northwest side of the city. Uh, there are a ton of breweries, restaurants, uh, concert venues, uh, other places of interest that get a lot of foot traffic. And so the city decided uh, about two years ago that they want to start providing free buses uh, that are a special color, that go at a faster rate, that stop at, uh, you know, high traffic areas, places that, you know, you could get off at. It's a two or three block walk to the next big thing. Uh, and then the bus stop would be another block or two behind or beyond that for the next big stop. Uh, it's been a pretty good pilot program, at least for the buses. But when May Mobility came in, uh, they went, well, we'll just run on that bus line. So, you know, you can save on a bus. There's one big main bus that goes, but then there's the four cars that are going behind it. And so you see these cars all the time. They're everywhere. And the service has been really popular people who are doing bar crawls. They've been very popular with students who use it to get to different bars and restaurants after class. Uh, it's, it's worked out really, really well in the city. 
Uh, back in Q3, when the pilot program first started in September, uh, they did over 16,000 individual guest rides uh, in the early stages of uh, the rollout. Uh, the city of Grand Rapids is saying that that number has been exceeded uh, pretty significantly for Q4, although they didn't give a uh, specific number, and they are expecting ridership to continue to grow as weather improves, as uh, more people continue to stream downtown for events like uh, the hockey team, the hockey games, uh, basketball games, uh, different brewery events are coming up that are always bringing a lot of people as well. Uh, so it's been a good thing. And I guess the question is, May Mobility is one thing. It's been really good. The ridership has been great. It's been a great pilot program for a system that could work. Does it get replaced by what GM is offering with crews in the not-too-distant future? And that's where I kind of go, huh, that's interesting. I didn't really think about that. And, you know, we live in a city where uh, we have bus transportation. We don't have trains, uh, really, of any kind. Uh, something like this could be an interesting alternative. And they have been talking about doing uh, some kind of transportation program uh, between the city and out to Holland as well uh, along a kind of like a rural country route uh, that would potentially work like a train as well. And this could maybe serve in that purpose too, although I don't know sustained speed if these would be good cars for that kind of distance. I don't know, that's a whole separate conversation. But uh, it's definitely interesting to kind of see the practical elements of something like Cruise working really well here in the city, a city that's growing uh, a little too fast for the moment. Uh, so, hey, maybe these Cruise vehicles are going to be coming to a city near you. Uh, they are very easy to spot because they look like little spaceships. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty neat. But uh, yeah, that's basically what I wanted to touch on for today. There isn't really much going on. Uh, anyway, guys, if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. Uh, if you think there's something interesting here, make sure you guys share. If you guys are listening to this on a podcasting platform that allows for ratings, give us a rating. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, we're on Apple iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and so much more. So uh, anyway, yeah, appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. And uh, if we have more crazy news breaking, uh, we'll touch on it again on the next episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. We'll see you then. Thank you.